Hello everyone, my name is Tess Nadeau. I'm a third year visual arts major at Emily Carr University of Art and Design, and you're listening to an episode of Nature Speaking. Throughout this podcast, I'll be sharing stories of nature's resurrection through COVID-19 and exploring why our response as a population has been so different from that of our response to global warming. COVID-19 has been devastating in many ways. Thousands of people have lost loved ones, and many have been separated by borders, oceans, and cities. With some countries beginning to reopen, I think of the ones that have not. My brother Tyler, for example, is still in lockdown with his partner in Bogota, Colombia. It saddens me to think of the physical distance that has come between everyone during this time, but there is something huge that can grow from the unity of the whole world experiencing the same thing at once. On a smaller scale, I've seen many online community groups come out of this lockdown, groups with people I probably would have never interacted with if not for the need of human relations. (laughs) In a strange way, isolation has made me feel more connected with my community. The virus has drastically altered the way most of us live. Many are waiting for life to get back to normal, while others are hoping and expecting a new, more sustainable and harmonious normal. I group myself in with the latter. What better time to pause, reassess, and grow? It is clear the way of living thus far has been more harmful than anything else. The potential for change has also never seemed so possible until now. The majority response to COVID-19 shows we are capable of immediate action. This immediate action is evident in the resurrection of nature through lockdown. Within months of shutdown, the air quality in places like China and India improved drastically. These countries, however, are not the only places to reap the unexpected benefits of the lockdown. According to CBC, the air quality in Canada has also significantly improved. Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, and Calgary have shown up to a 40% drop in nitrogen dioxide levels. The article states how Health Canada estimated last year that more than 14,000 Canadians die every year because of exposure to air pollution, and later explains how even just a week of better air is beneficial and lessens the risk of asthma attacks and heart attacks. This is when the question why pops into my head. Why haven't we taken this immediate action we now show we are capable of to an issue that has been on the table for years, this issue being the climate crisis? When it comes to such a large topic as global warming, it is easy to assume that it has grown so large that we as individuals cannot do anything to change the situation. The research I just touched on says otherwise. I understand the intimidating scale of the topic, but when it comes to anything bigger than ourselves, it is the small things that add up to make the difference. Dariush Norbaha touches on the similarities of COVID-19 and global warming in an online article about sustainability published by Columbia University. Here's a paragraph from the article read by my father, Mitch Snaden. I can't help but notice the parallels between what this virus is doing to us and what we've been doing to our planet. 
Sustainability is the concept of maintaining equitable conditions across not only socio-economic and geographic barriers, but also across generations and through time. Sustainability seeks to demonstrate that there is a way for society to progress and prosper in harmony with the planet. It's about maintaining a healthy balance between people and the environment. He continues on to compare the effects of the virus on us and the idea of us as a virus acting on the planet. He writes, Except rather than a virus disrupting the natural order, we, the humans, have disrupted the system. We have sought to replicate and grow to the detriment of our planet and all of the species within it. The article is called What COVID-19 Can Teach Us About Sustainability, and I urge you to read it. He brings up many interesting points of how we can move towards a better future. And if it's money that may be inhibiting our immediate action for climate change, WeForum.org published a thought-provoking article on the financial benefits that can come from revamping our way of living. They write... For every dollar spent on nature restoration, at least $9 of economic benefits can be expected. Additionally, a recent report by the Food and Land Use Coalition found that changing the way we farm and produce food could release $4.5 trillion a year in new business opportunities by 2030, while also saving us trillions of dollars worth of social and environmental harms. The mindset that this issue, climate change, has gotten larger than us is a lazy and draining place to be. I urge everyone not to give up without trying. One positive we can take away from such a devastating time is the power of being able to adapt. We can decide to change together. So what is stopping us now? Thank you for listening to this podcast. I would love to hear your opinions as to what is stopping us from reacting with the same immediacy to climate change and or any other stories relating to the topics discussed today. You can email me at naturespeakingecuad at gmail.com. I'm Tess Naden and have a bright day.